During the Wish podcast, recorded in Muncie, Indiana. This is our 18th episode. Woohoo! I'm joined by my smoking hot ass wife. Whatever. Jordan. Jordan. And I'm here with my amazing husband, Grant. Hey, it's kind of cool that this is our 18th episode, and it's Michaela's 18th birthday. Yeah, on Thursday, and then fucking nuts. Yep. It's interesting, uh, Michaela, my daughter, being on last week's episode. Last week's episode, we got more streams than any other episode before. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. That's crazy, though, because like, when we started doing that podcast with her, I didn't know how it was going to go, and I'm glad that she's agreed to do more, but... After we got done talking about some of the things that we talked about, it made me remember some other shit that I remember. One of the stories I was going to talk about in the middle of the episode, and I forgot about it, but this kind of goes back Michaela and me. When I was a full-time pastor, and it was about, it was probably like four months before I met you, babe, and... I uh, I get called into the office. I'm assuming this is the church. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I get called into the office, and you know, there, like there was that like story that Grant's like kissing girls in bars and shit like that. And um, but I got called in, and and it was like the district was there, and it was just like talking about how I was seen like being like very like. I think they use the term lovey-dovey, <laughs> which is fucking hilarious um, to describe it. But And they said, like, you know, you were with a girl. And I was single at the time, and in my head I was like, who the f- Like, I don't remember, like, kissing some girl. Like, Okay, so basically, hold on. Let's, so you're... Go, I, I think I know what story you're going into. So you're at the church, and... They call you in for a meeting, basically, and mm-hmm. you know you're getting in trouble for something. No, oh yeah, I just didn't know what, you know. And this was like, how many times had you been called in? A bunch. I can't even remember. I mean, I felt like the fucking kid in school that always got in trouble, even though like I wasn't doing anything to get in trouble, you know. Yeah, but, but anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, you're cool. But like they. The only reason why I could figure out what they were talking about was because they said the restaurant. And it was the, the day before. And I was at Porta, which is like a Mexican restaurant here in Muncie. And um, Michaela was with me. And so, <laughs> and you know me, like, I'm an affectionate dad. I mean, I think I'm an affectionate person in general, but. You're like, always hugging Michaela and yeah. kissing her on the forehead and telling you you love her and yeah, you know. And that's the person that they said I was like getting lovey dovey with. So I was like, when I realized, I was like, wait a minute, that was last night. 
and the only person that I was sitting with last night was my daughter. And I was like, so one, like, and I don't know who this was. They never told me. But um, it was so funny because I was just like, what the fuck? Like, one, like, if we're going to go off, like, biblical standards, like, the New Testament Christian would use the the verse uh, in Matthew 18, like, if you have a problem, you know, with your neighbor, your brother, your sister, any of that, you're supposed to go and talk to them, not go someplace else. And if they don't listen, then you're supposed to go get one other person. And if they don't listen after that, then you're just supposed to let them be, right? So they never did that. And it was just like, I, I mean, like, what are you trying to, like, start? Like, I can't even. So when that was all happening, I was told that, like, <laughs> I mean, this is so fun. I feel so dumb, though, like, in hindsight. I was told that I can't be seen. <laughs> it's, I, I was told that I can't be seen in public with a member of the opposite sex. And then, like, the lead pastor was like, yeah, when the first year him and his wife were, like, dating or whatever, she wouldn't even hold his hand in public for the first year. And I was just like, okay, great, man, but, like, what does that have to do with me? Yeah, like, you're, you know, you, you were married and you have a 15-year-old daughter and yeah. it's not like you're out of high school. I know, yeah. <laughs> and it was just so, like, crazy to me that, like, you have these grown men throwing accusations like that. Just, it was like anything they could pick up and throw, they were going to do. It almost felt like a battle of the bulge in World War II, where it was just like everything that they have, something's got to stick. Well, and another thing, too. Okay, so basically he is telling you someone saw you at Porta with a girl, and you were kissing on a girl or being lovey-dovey. Yeah. And then you don't know what they're talking about and you're trying to think, okay, who was I seen with? And you're like, oh, I was with Michaela. So you were with your daughter. So that shows yeah. that they didn't even realize that that was Michaela for yeah. one. Yeah. And whoever it was that saw you didn't have the yeah, courage like, or the courage whatever to, come up, to just, come up to you. Just to be a human being. Just come up and say, hey, man, what's up? I mean, <laughs> isn't that so weird, though? Like. Mm -hmm. You're making out. Like, who the fuck makes out with people in public places anyway? Yeah. Let alone, like, a family restaurant, you know? It's yeah. It's so weird to me. But it's so, talking about, like, those stories with Michaela, you know, because I, I kind of generalized things, and I thought I understood what she was going to say, like, in my head before I had this understanding of it, but I really didn't, like, how she kind of was talking and it was just like shit well i mean she broke down a little bit but it was still good like she got through it and yeah she really did well i thought yeah yeah i mean like it was because that's though. what i was worried about i mean i i i felt like she could do it but i i was worried about her really breaking down hard and yeah. then not being able to finish or something you know yeah because like as soon as i started talking she started crying mm -hmm. like right from the get-go and it was just like oh fuck this is gonna be too much and I don't want to force her to do this, like you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. But I did, I did think it would be good for her, and I do today. I think it was good for her, you know. Yeah, and it shows that she's growing too, and she's healing. Yeah, and I think just like talking in general um, is just a healthy thing to do.
mm-hmm. you know, about shit like that and just about anything that you're struggling with or having to endure, you know. Um, but it, like the next one, like I'm excited for it, but like the next time she does it anyway, but I'm still like scared shitless. Yeah. Because you just don't know what yeah. could get brought up or could just yeah. be that trigger or something. And this is like, it's been a weird week. I mean, school's been fucking stupid, you know? Oh my gosh. I don't, it's a lot. And then our friend Neil Fouch died. Um, it'd be a week ago tomorrow, actually. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, that unfortunate reminder that, you know, you don't have people forever. And uh, sometimes people, you know, they they leave quickly. And it's, uh, it's too bad. I did like how Be Here Now put his name. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Vouch on the marquee. That was, I thought that was a class act thing to do, but I thought it was a, a very just cool thing. It's yeah, everyone every day on my way to work and every day at home, I look back there at it and I look up at it. Yeah. So I hope they keep it up there for a while. Yeah, that would be cool. I I think I've mentioned this before, but that's one thing that I have not experienced that you have is like I never I never met Neil, but. You talked about him a lot, so, mm-hmm. but I, I never, I don't know a lot of people who have passed away, you know? That's weird, man. I never wanted to be that person because I've had quite a few friends, unfortunately, and I don't know if any of them have died from anything that didn't have to, to do with that dark side, you know, addictions yeah. and byproducts of addictions whether it's like hep c or things like that so yeah that's a fucking unfortunate thing i think of nick i still think of nick all the fucking time every day as i go through work like on my way to work i always i think about him you know like how many nicks do i have in the program right now that you know you want him to make it but like I wanted Nick to make it too, you know. Yeah. He should be living life, married with all the bullshit of life. You know, should be experiencing that, but he's not, unfortunately. So, with what you do, you know, you're a counselor, and um, what has changed since you now work in this field and you see it every day? Has it made you, like, have a different perspective about addiction or, like? Um, yeah, it has. I mean, it's definitely made me open up my eyes. I never thought the system was good or right, uh, the legal system anyway. And, um, you know, being in this more now from a different perspective, you know, I'm from the helping perspective now, not the engagement perspective. And... I realize like how many fucking people just get thrown in jail for having an, an addiction, you know? And, um, even when it's like well-documented, you know, that whole kind of mentality of like, well, you better, we hope you get your life together. And it's just like, it's not that fucking easy, you know, especially for people that don't have shit. Well, and they make it really hard yeah. because you're slapped with a felony. Yeah. 
you know, but like I think of people that don't have like any kind of social structure that they can lean on, like uh, some kind of support system, family members, parents, when you don't have any of that, man, it's so hard because you really are like starting from scratch, almost like you're not just basically homeless, but you're also in the sense like you have all these other anchors on you like felonies or uh, debt that you have to pay to the legal system, you know, like, like I think house arrest right now, I had a guy on it and I think it was 75 bucks a week or 95. I mean, like, even if it was 20 bucks, it was like, seriously. Damn. Yeah. So it's like, they make you pay. I'm trying to remember how much it was when I, well, I wasn't on house arrest, but I was on probation and that costs money too. Um, yeah, I think it was around that too. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. So, like, it lets me know. Like, my perspective on drugs is, uh, from the legal perspective, is very different. And um, I don't, I think it's, there's, it's partially accepted in my field. But, you know, like, the legalization of all drugs is what I support. Um, but that doesn't mean the deregulation of drugs. So, essentially, like what Portugal has done and have, has been doing for quite some time and had great success with it. But you no longer, you don't penalize the addict, you know? So it's all about really rehabilitation, not incarceration. So what it does is instead of money going into the prison system, um, people will go into the recovery slash treatment system. And so the people that get arrested are really the people that, in my opinion, are at fault, like the cartels and the people coming in, you know? Right. So, but every now and then, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, you'll see a case where somebody comes through all that and they come out successful. But overall, I think that's the biggest thing that's, that and insurance companies, the Chinese insurance companies were of hell, you know, and just having to fight with all that and see like, the things that go on behind the scenes to get insurance approval, it's like, shit, it just takes so much time, you know? So much time. So it doesn't focus on treatment as much, you know? It's not like I want, like, you to be able to go into Walmart and buy heroin, you know? Absolutely not. But, you know, if you legalize drugs, that would take away basically the momentum for a lot of what I would call evil empires, like terrorist groups, cartel groups, it would take away one of their number one sources of income because it would be legal, but it'd still be regulated, you know? Yeah. It's all right, it won't pick up. Okay, I was going to say there's an echo. Okay. Sometimes static touches. I think, like... Maybe if I move it. Back on always annoying when technical difficulties uh, yeah okay so what time are we at babe we're not too far in okay 470 bars basically <laughs> <laughs> okay four beats to a bar yeah, 15 minutes almost 16 all right so we have two birthdays this week <laughs> yeah yeah we do 
Michaela turns 18 and Silas turns seven. So. Yep. Yeah, it's weird. Nothing scares the shit out of you like a teenager, especially a teenager like on the verge of, you know, being out of high school and I fucking hated my 20s, like those early 20s where you're still trying to figure out like, you know, you're not old enough to be an adult, but you're too old to be a kid. So it's like that very awkward period. Right. Well, this is kind of like off topic, but I know we're doing virtual. The kids are doing virtual and I am about to explode. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, babe. Well, no, I like, I love being home with the kids, you know, I really do, but it, it is hard like right now. And it's just getting a little harder because their virtual school is insane. Like it's, and it's really hard to keep track. Yeah, it's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's not like, I know it could be a lot worse, but it's still like, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And then trying to do school on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're working and going to school. Yeah. And parenting. It's tough, man. I think about, you know. Just tell younger people to get this shit done before, like, life kicks in too much, you know? Especially, at least your bachelor's, you know, to where you can really, I mean, I think you can hear it in my voice right now. I'm tired, you know? I'm just, like, wore out. Yeah, and I think you can probably tell because we're, we need to plan so that way. Yeah, we're a day late on getting this out. Yes, because we're so tired and busy. Yeah. And we've been writing some episodes, but we just haven't, well, not episodes, but, like, stuff to talk about. We haven't, like, really, we'll we'll do better, so bear with us. Yeah. Because we're going to start talking about some good stuff. Yeah, you know, I'll have Michaela on more. I'll have my dad back on. But, you know, I think that, like, with Michaela, she'll bring up stuff that, like, either I don't remember it or I just didn't see it from that perspective. So it's, like, basically hearing it almost entirely new. Yeah, and it's her side. Yeah. Of the story and her perspective of yeah. what it was like for her. And I think that's important for her to, to be able to do that, but it's also going to be important for me to to hear that. Because it's like I said, you know, you think you know, especially as a parent, but there's a lot of things just because you're a parent you can't really know, you know. Yeah. Well, I know, like, with Haley, mm-hmm. I've noticed lately, you know, she's noticing that I'm – doing a lot of schoolwork and yeah and she's like we play a game with me you don't ever have time so yeah. Yeah. I sat down and played Jenga I, I remember remember Nikki and Andy were talking about that yeah they said like their daughter was like the same way but yeah. now that she doesn't even remember saying it yeah. and she like doesn't want to hang out with them anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah typical like teenager <laughs> yep but it'll be interesting because I think that you know, as time goes on, like a lot of this, especially the church stuff, I don't necessarily remember a lot of things because they're not as, like, fresh and on the top of my mind like they were at one point, especially, like, right when I left, you know. It was almost – and I'm glad we didn't do it then because if we had done it then, it would have been, like, pure anger. anger. Yeah. One thing that it just kind of popped in my head, um, I wanted to bring it up, but I kept forgetting, is after you were fired – we talked about that a couple episodes ago. Um, remember, talk about the email that they sent to everybody. Yeah, you know, they had this email already written because it went out as soon as, like, I walked out of the building because I went over to my parents, like, after, you know, and they live, like, 
by, you know, by car, 30 seconds, you know, from the church. And by the time I got there, that email, they already had it in there. Yeah, so it was already written up. Yeah. And they spelled Michaela's name wrong. Yeah, that was, like, the worst thing about it, I think. It was, like, they spelled a couple things that I didn't really like. One was they said in there, like, because you have these elders, and they said in there, like, we're not going to talk about this, so don't ask. Just, like, put your Which faith is weird. in the elders that you have elected. Yeah, which and, and that lead pastor was saying stuff from the pulpit, like, leading up to it, that, like, in hindsight, and even when it was happening, I was like, I think that's directed at me. <laughs> You but mean like, like that Sunday yeah, when he was preaching? Well like, yeah, and, and and every now and then he throws something in, but yeah, he... Because you got fired on Monday. Yeah, and I, you know, I was supposed to do like Celebrate Recovery, but he would never like back it. Like backing it meaning like you need to like talk about it on Sunday morning so people know. And then like that last Sunday, he even threw it out there right at the end. Oh yeah, but he, you know, he was like talking about like, I've never worked with a better group of elders they really, you know, have their heart in the right place. And it was like he was basically telling this to people. So they'd be like, oh, yeah, the elders decided this, so it must be right, you know. So what was it that he talked about with Celebrate Recovery? Just like at the very end, he, like, threw it out there. And I said, you know, like, change, like, your people places and things or your hang-ups, your bad habits and something else. I can't remember. And he was like, you know, like, in Celebrate Recovery. And... You so know. he's basically taking a knife and stabbing you with it. Yeah. And probably like, laughing at you while yeah. he's. I mean, it was just like one of those things like, dude, come on, man. You know. So I can be like, no, I, I really supported Grant. You remember me? I used to talk about Celebrate Recovery. And it's like, man. But, but back no, to like, that letter. Hold yeah, on. That, that, well, hold on. Is not only did they already have that letter written or mm-hmm. typed up, whatever. Yeah. They sent it out to everybody in the church. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like. Which is that policy? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I mean, well. I mean, I could, but yeah. not like how they did it, obviously. I, I, I'm a, no, I think it, how they did it was policy. I just, I've never been, you know, like when, when the lead pastor before me was fired, it was done in a little bit different way. He was already on sabbatical. And they just kind of told him, like, we're not going to have you come back from sabbatical. So, and then, you know, so, and there were things going on. And I think they did send out, the district sent out a letter or something. But everybody knew. And I, that's the thing about this. Nobody really knew what was going to happen. Because I remember people being like, had no idea something was going on. And I'd be like, yeah, dude, it was going on for. Well, and a lot time. of people did know, too. Like, because, and even you knew. You were just waiting yeah. because. You weren't going to quit. That was it. it turned yeah, into that, a it turned into a big game to them, yeah. basically. And, and but they me, were hoping you would quit. So that, that was way. the thing because I knew they were hoping that. I yeah. Was so quit. that's why you let it go on for so long, because uh, literally it was for months. Yeah. That you were like, "This is it. This I'm gonna get fired. This is probably gonna happen next week." And then it, it and took then several would. months, but then. That's the thing. It's like because you, know, you had people texting you like, "Up, oh, the night finally came, dude. Are you all right?" Yeah, you know. I can endure. I can endure some suffering. <laughs> like, let's see how long, motherfucker. Like that's the way I kind of looked at. It. Like, I'm not. But the, really, the biggest way I looked at it was, I wasn't going to quit because if I quit, then they never had to answer. Why did you fire Grant? And that's what I wanted to do because it was more about traditionalism than it was mm-hmm. anything else. And like I've said before, I agree I shouldn't have been at that church. Yeah. That church had went the way of Mike Pence long before, not to get political, but just long before. (laughs) 
And before, it was never a politically charged church. And, and you know, I look at the country now, and I'm not going to get political, but I am going to say, like, shame on the church. Shame on the church, what they've been doing for years. And the evangelical church is what I'm talking about. Um, you're a laughing stock at the world. You really are. And uh, you're acting like nothing but idiots. And you're acting like nothing but I, w- I would expect from religious idiots. I mean... It's a joke, you know. So, and I feel like that's, I'm glad I'm not in there anymore in that particular church. And this is like, I don't know, like, I just have to say, this is coming from a true, I know you're not an active pastor anymore, but you still are ordained and you were still a pastor for 12 years and that is you saying that. You know what I mean? And you're, I know you say you're not a Christian and I get that you're not like, like the Christian that most people say is a Christian, but you're still a believe in Jesus Christ and, you know, and very much you're saying that. (laughs) So I'm just saying like, you know, because sometimes when you have two people, if you have two people saying the same thing, you know, someone's going to believe. Yeah. Yeah, they're more likely to. A pastor. No, I think You that, know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like, it's just... The problem is, though, like, most of my friends in the church believe the way I do. Mm-hmm. So it makes it even harder, though, because you're like, how in the hell do you come up with this? Like, Obama was an antichrist, literally. Obama's the antichrist. And then you have, you have Donald Trump, and then the Christians go, well, God sends broken people. It's like, well, how come Obama was the antichrist and like i don't understand (laughs) you know and that's what the evangelical church i mean the last statistic i read it was like 92 or 93 percent of the american christian evangelical church supports trump and pence and you know we've talked before i understand some people have conservative values i don't have an issue with that at all you don't have to believe like i do in order for me to accept you or validate you but we're talking about the church and yep. that's why it makes me so upset because of everything I'd mentioned, but because those principles are totally opposite, you know? Yep. Especially, you know, and I haven't, I'm not too, I can't really speak a lot on the Bible just yet because I only know, I don't really know a lot just of what we've discussed, but it's completely, like you said, opposite of what Jesus talks about. Yeah, there's not one thing that I could say that Trump or even our government really like the leaders to be, especially now, Democrats and Republicans, that I could say is this biblically founded principle on a bigger picture. You know, yeah, I, but, you know, that, and that's where I still look at the church, and I'm always like, you know, my dad and I would talk, and I'd be like, I would just be so upset, and he's like, you got to let this go. But I'm like, man, like how the fuck do these Christians get to this point where, Trump is a fucking messiah and you know well that's a scary thing (laughs) absolutely I mean it 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 really is frightening and again through the lens of the church I mean like we could talk about my differences on like policy of foreign policy especially but also environmental policy but we won't get into that stuff but just like when I talk about the church that's where it's like man you You've gone so far away, and the problem is they don't even see it, you know? I mean, 
it, it, it bothers me because that's what Jesus gets painted with, you know, and Christians get viewed as like idiots. I mean, Christians are viewed kind of how Americans are viewed by the rest of the world, but then Christians are viewed even worse, but on the inside of the country, Christians are normally viewed as idiots. They don't take any kind of scientific thought or theorem into any kind, hold any kind of weight. But then again, like, you know, most of my friends and most of my peers, they did. They weren't idiots. They weren't, you know, accepting ignorance and just... They questioned. Yeah, they questioned God. They questioned the existence of God. And Actually, I just learned that today in part of my Hinduism course. Um is a, a new law. See, I, it's still fresh. Like, I don't even remember uh, what part, but it was some new marriage law. Um, or no, not marriage law, just religion law or some kind. And it was a, um, I forget the term, but basically it was where you are allowed to question, like, question things. Yeah. And not follow, like, a specific. Yeah. Because I, I think most things. people are assumed to just follow blindly, and then any kind of questioning is a doubt, mm. you know, of faith or, you know, that you're starting to get off track. And to me, it's like questioning actually grows intimacy and and helps enable growth just in general, you know? Well, honestly, like, I would this, – this is kind of a plan of mine with me taking, um, you know, religious studies – I want to get my own perspective on these different religions and I want to be able to pull out similarities between them all and like compare them and just kind of show my own perspective of why I believe it's all the same. Yeah. You know, and like I just think that would be super cool. I think you'll find a lot of similarities, but I I you know the reason why I think there's a lot of similarities because Religion views basically from two perspectives, evil and good, Mm -hmm. you know. But I just mean even like some of like, you know, apocalypse or certain God, not maybe certain gods, but maybe like certain uh, characteristics of gods Mm -hmm. and goddesses and or even like similarities between a human and the way they practice. But it might be a completely different culture, you know. Yeah. um, maybe in like meditative type worship things that mm-hmm. um, they believe happen or whatever. I don't know. Just like, and then compare it to, man, I could get into so much. Cause like also reading has, I've, I'm just learning like how much Europe just invaded and took over. And like, I know there's stories on both sides, but I'm just saying like, they th- see things they don't like or they're not known to and they don't like it and then they invade and take over and change things. It's the same with religion. It's the same with dance. Yeah. It's the same with, you know, it's it's pretty insane. But No, yeah. I. It'll be interesting to see some of those similarities. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think it'll be, I think people would like, I think it'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, babe... I'm down. Yeah, we are pooped, deduped, yeah. and I'm gonna do homework tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh, I about like it's hard to keep up with homework, and I've been doing okay, but 
I spent lab. Okay, I'm taking biology, and lab is a part of that class. And I have never done lab, and it, and I, let alone I'm doing it virtual. So normally, lab is time. I always know knew that it was time, like time consuming. Mm-hmm. But I had this lab, and I was all excited. Remember, babe, on Saturday, that I did it in a timely fashion. It took me two freaking hours to do it. And I got done around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, hell yes, I'm done with my fucking lab. Now I can just do a couple more things and be chill. And then I realized I did the wrong fucking lab. (laughs) (sighs) But I luckily got the one I was supposed to do done. And luckily it didn't take as long as what a normal lab the last couple weeks, you know, were. And you have a lab every week. Yeah, and it, we have a lab. We have to do the lab, and usually it's like an in, like a basic lab where we go through what it's telling us to do, and then we have to go through um, and do another lab like with uh, whatever it says. I don't yeah. know, but it's a lot. Like, and you have to write a lab report for each experiment, and sometimes you're doing like five to ten experiments, yeah. and you have to write a, a hypothesis and your process and, like, a conclusion and all this and that. And it's like, woo. Okay. No, no, thank you. (sighs) But, yes, thank you guys for tuning in. Please bear with us. I promise you we're going to get some good stuff and have a lot of good stuff to talk about. Um, Go and like our Facebook page, The Pastor and the Witch Podcast. Shoot us an email, thepastorandthewitchpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also check out our website, The Pastor and the Witch dot com.